Welcome to the Technoy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign. Go beyond email marketing with True Automation by going to activecampaign.com slash Technoy. Get your first two months for free on me. Today's guest, Jason Freed, master of many things, but we're going to talk about Hey right now, Hey.com and the new email that a lot of people are loving. Uh, I have some experience now using it personally. I'm on the wait list for the business. Hopefully this helps move me up that wait list. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, and and my my exo Sam, who you've connected with, I had to kind of sell on using hey.com and paying the money to do the personal. And now I can't get them off of it, which is good for you. Good, so good. so I, I just want to start off with just sort of, you know, how are you doing? What's what's new? You've been on Technori stage before, but it's been a little while. It has been. I've been I've been good. We're um, you know, continuing to, to run the business like we always have, which is, you know, build a sustainable business that we're in control of. And um a couple of years ago, we decided to do this hay thing and we just launched it in June and we're about to launch the business version. In fact, I'll email you after this with an invite to the business version. Um, <laughs> so you got it. It worked. It worked. It worked. So <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're just, you know, plodding along and doing our thing and doing our own way and having, having fun. I mean, here's the thing that's been interesting for us is that the last time we launched a brand new product was many, many, many years ago because we've primarily been focusing on Basecamp for, for years now. And so it's been fun to do something brand new it's a reminder how hard it is to do something brand new from scratch. And uh, it's been a really good exercise. And we, we're, we're thrilled with the response and can't wait for next year. We have a lot of new stuff coming. So we're going to dig deep into hay. But before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about relaunching or launching a product in this time versus when you launch Basecamp. Because a lot of things have changed. Um, people still buy, you know, relatively the same, but how we are influenced and how we deliver and how you do a rollout is I think very different now from when it was even my first go around in 2012. Um, and so I, I'm just curious from your standpoint, um, what what was different, if anything, in your mind and, and how you felt like you were able to be successful or maybe things that you, you didn't think went as well as you thought, maybe it was, a, you know, whether it was changes to the market or whatever it were. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about you personally in your position. Um, obviously, you're, you're very out there. You're a very transparent person. Um, and I think now more than ever, the founders that I'm talking to who have tremendous success and have this, like, I don't want to say a cult following, but there's kind of a cult following too. There's something unique about them. And I just want to crack into that. But what, what are your thoughts going from one, from base camp to, Hey, what was the different world? Well, the thing that was, yeah, I think that was different for us is that, Hey, is a, initially is a consumer product, which we haven't really launched in years. Primarily we've been doing business products. So it was different in that, um, there's different expectations. Uh, you know, with business products, people are used to paying for things. With Hey, most people aren't used to paying for email. You know, Hey, hey charges, it's a hundred bucks a year. Most people have been using Gmail or whatever for free for years. So it was a very different kind of launch in that we had to sort of make a different case. Um, we were, you know, uh, there's more skepticism around launching something that people have to pay for on the consumer side. Um, but it was actually more fun. Um, because because it's a it's an interesting challenge for us to to get out there and, and introduce something brand new and also change I think people's habits because email is this thing that we've all dealt with for I and mean, some people have dealt with for thirty years now um, and it's kind of been considered sort of a solved problem but it's still a big problem so it's not really solved we just kind of give people have sort of given up on it um, the last time email was interesting was about sixteen years ago when Gmail launched it's been sixteen years and. So, so it was, it's interesting to get people to take a look at something again um, that they're, that they figured is just like, that's just, just the way it is. 
So that was really interesting and different compared to like Basecamp where when we launched Basecamp, um, there was this hunger for a new way to manage projects. There wasn't necessarily a hunger for a new way to do email, but there was a latent hunger because when people saw, hey, and they saw how, how different it was, they realized, oh gosh, I really do want something like this. I really do need something like this. Email really is broken, but it wasn't as obvious until we showed it. So the big thing we did differently this time was that I did a 37 minute walkthrough of the product video. Um, and most walkthrough videos, you know, you would assume have to be like a minute or two minutes or five minutes at the most, like people are busy and don't have time to watch things. I did a full 37 minute, like slow, detailed, philosophical walkthrough of the whole product, why it works the way it works, how it works, what's different about it. And that video now has been seen over a hundred thousand times, uh, and, or actually maybe closing in on 200 if I, I haven't checked recently, but I'm guessing close to that. Yeah. And it's one of the things that you're just not supposed to do. You're not supposed to do a long video. People don't have uh, long attention spans, but if you tell a story and you unfurl this concept as you go, um, people are willing to watch. And it turns out that was really the big difference, I think, for, for launching. Hey, that was sort of the, the secret to it for us was to go in depth, show why it's different, explain the reasons why it's different and, um, and do kind of a first person lo-fi walkthrough. And that was, that was different. So we didn't do that for Basecamp, but we did it for Hey. I, I have to tell you, I think you being who you are, and I don't mean like a uh, known commodity in tech, I mean, just the, the guy, I think is all the reason why that was super successful because you see this, I mean, everybody is a business you know, guru, everybody knows everything there is to know about fucking business. And the truth is they're all an inch thick. They post a million little things. They, if you press back on any of it, it just falls apart immediately. And you're a person who, and uh, you know, I, I mean this, and I, I say this about myself. So I mean this in the best way possible. There's, you're like a, a couple seconds away from a rant, literally at any moment. Huh. And, and I, I feel like, and, and that is a constant amount of depth there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of thought. And I think one of the reasons that I listened to the video, I'm one of probably 25 of the 200,000 plays. And I also noticed that the letter that you wrote as far as like the homepage, when you were launching, Hey, the letter to a customer, I just want you to know why you should care about this because you've been irritated and agitated for the last six years. It's gotten worse with data. It's gotten worse with ads. Now there's ads in your email. And we now are reading newsletters and subscribing to things all over the place and they disappear. All of a sudden, my favorite newsletters and promotions, like right. that's not supposed to be in promotions. That's not where this goes. I would never have been able to put thought to that. I would have just been pissed and moved on with my day. And you put it <laughs> on paper and was, and was like, holy shit, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know, th thanks for mentioning the letter because I, I kind of had forgotten that for a moment, which was that prior to launching, Hey, if you went to hey.com, and by the way, when we say hey, it's H-E-Y.com, yep. um, we had a letter up. Another was, great story, by the way, getting yeah, hey.com, another too. great yeah. story. Um, I, had, I wrote this letter, which is like basically our little love letter to email, how email is a wonderful, amazing thing, but it's sort of been neglected. Um, it's been taken over essentially by big tech, and, and we don't have control over our email anymore. Uh, I mean, you do with hey, but you don't otherwise. You don't know where things go into certain tabs, Big businesses, big brands are making decisions about what, what they show you. It's only getting worse. There's ads, there's privacy, there's data mining going on. You don't know why things are where they are. You don't really have any control. And also you don't have control over who can email you. Anybody can email you at any time, which sounds like a great thing, but it's really not such a great thing. So 
I had to put this down because it's one of these things where when you've been using something for so long, like email, you, you, you tend to just put up with it. You, you become numb to it. It becomes just the way it is. And sometimes it takes something or someone who sees a little bit differently to put a different story or picture in front of you and go, yeah, yeah, I recognize that. I didn't realize it until you mentioned it, but now I recognize it. And this happens all the time. You hear someone say something to you and you're like, you know, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. And so that's where we started with the letter to get peak people's interest and get them thinking about this and start to amass a list of, of people we can launch the product to. And then finally, when we launched the product, I put the video up, but um, yeah, it was just, you know, again, you have to knock people out of their orbit a little bit sometimes for them to see something new. And then they do it and they recognize, yeah, I'm ready for this. And uh, here we are. I mean, the timing was, I think, right. Uh, we didn't plan it this way, but like, 16 years later, people are ready for something new after Gmail. And so that's what that's- Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's talk about the timing a little bit yeah. here because I actually think if this is, if you are this plugged in, then you deserve some sort of other award that I don't think EY gives because the, the combination of like superhuman as an example, I use all these emails so I can, I can shit on all of them because I use them. I feel, feel comfortable in that. I've had Raul on the show. Um, everyone started paying attention at one single time to people spying on their email and their opens. And at the exact same time, you saw the antitrust stuff going on with Google and you see all this different kind of news around uh, how they're tracking you and why they're feeding you ads and what they're looking at, what they can look at. And then at the exact same time, people get tired, at least in the call it the VC world, people start getting tired of social media and the algorithmic driven everything. And you see uh, people from Verge and Brian Morrissey from Digiday and all these guys jumping ship and going to Substack and email newsletters. And if you look at the way that I, this is completely ironic, the way that email began treating newsletters, they treat them like a fourth class citizen mm -hmm. and you couldn't find them if you wanted to. And now newsletters are as big as they've been since I think the beginning of newsletter. I mean, that's, that's our moneymaker. That's how most media companies exist. And you have, a platform that literally it's called the feed, like literally it is a newsletter and it's, it's presented to me as a newsletter should be presented to me. And all that stuff had to have been developed obviously way in advance. So I'm just curious, like, did you see all that stuff coming? Like, oh, at some point they'll get it. We'll be early or we'll be right on time. We'll be a little late. Uh, I, I can't take credit for that. Um, I, I could just tell you that like, oftentimes there's sort of just a zeitgeist, you know, it's like people uh, collectively like emails, been bad for a long time. Um, there's certain things I subscribe to that I care about that I really want to see and I want to put in front of me in a certain way. You know, why is it that we read, we're used to reading news feeds, which is like basically stacked up, yep. you know, open things, yet email is always just this index of subjects which you have to click into and read one at a time and click into and read one at a time. Like, it's just one of these, sorry for the landscaping noise outside, but, but it's one of these things where um, it's like, why can't I just read, why can't my emails be open for me? And why can't I scroll through them? Like, it's just a bunch of things came together and we said, we should, why, why can't we make this better? This should be better. Why is it so frustrating? And like, when I would be using Gmail before, I would open things in multiple tabs and like switch, switch between tabs or like, why is it so hard just to read a bunch of, like I can read the news, I can read Twitter, I can read other things, I can read LinkedIn, like by just scrolling. So it wasn't that 
all these other things were happening at the same time. It was just a combination of how can we make this better? How can we make that better? Why has no one thought about this before? Why can't I apply this concept to email? And then of course, things have been getting worse in terms of privacy, data mining, email tracking, which we just got frustrated by. And we said that enough yeah. of that, you know? And so I think it was just a lot of stuff coming together. There's a zeitgeist. There's also this feeling of um, privacy is being invaded and, and your, your information is being taken from you. And we just had enough. So we just started to make this thing and then, you know, collectively pulled together all these features that we think were related and put it together. And, and that's what Hay is. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful product. I have to say, um, you know, as a person who pays attention to design, Hay is the, and it's funny, I'm using the comparison of a superhuman, even though it's like, they're literally like the opposite ends of things. They represent opposite everything. Yeah. But... <clears throat> I feel like most email, and I will kind of shit on uh, on Superhuman a little bit here because it too, while it is helpful and I definitely hit zero inbox and whatever, all the things that I want to do. And I, and I really like it, the product for, for like email marketing and what I'm trying to like, you know, I want to know when someone opens their email, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is designed for not necessarily Superhuman, but like Gmail and the rest of these. They're not designed for me. They're designed for them. They're designed for them to facilitate whatever it is they want us to do. And hey, when I opened it up, I was like, oh, I don't even, I mean, you had a nice little click tutorial. Don't get me wrong. I didn't need it. I looked at it. I was like, oh yeah, that's obvious. That goes there. Where would I put this? That would go there. Receipts, trail. Oh, sweet. Not my inbox more. Gone. Like, right. and, and you mentioned before, people don't, you know, it, it seems like a good idea, but it's not to have everyone be able to email everyone. It's not a good idea because yeah. people are irresponsible. They, they just ping the shit out of you. They have absolutely no care. And I, the most empowering experience I've had on email in my lifetime was the very first shithead email I got on Hey, and I was able to click <laughs> never again, adios. Right. And I, I just, and it, that was immediately when I, when I started looking for the, for, for the business version of it, like immediately yeah. I was like, oh my God, I could clear out a thousand people instantly. Yeah. Here's the thing, like email, it used to be, and this is years ago, it used to be that the only people who had your email address were people you gave it to. It was like a private thing, sort of a private communication in a sense, right? But your email address has been bought and sold and traded and posted everywhere. It's, it's, it's no longer yours, actually. It's the world's. And what happens is, is that other email systems have to use spam tracking, which we, of course, have spam filtering as well. But yep. all these automated things that try and hide stuff from you that you shouldn't see because other people who have your email address shouldn't have it. With, hey, you just get to decide, like, do I want to hear from this person? Yes or no? Like, if I say no, I never hear from them again. Like, I'm in control of who can email me now. And that's where it has to begin. Because to me, improving email isn't about making it faster. It's fast enough. Problem is, I don't want to get emails from people I don't want to hear from. That's up yeah. to me. It should be up to me. And that's what, what Hey does first and foremost, is you decide who can email you. And once you've kind of limited the people who can get in touch with you, then you can decide where those emails go. And before you know it, you're not dealing with that many emails anymore. So you're getting fewer emails, but more emails from people you want to hear from and fewer emails from people you don't. And that's what calms your email down is being, being you know, in full control over who can get in touch with you and how and where those emails go. So that was the premise that we started from. You can't fix email until you can fix who can get in touch with you until you're fully in control of that. Once you get that under control, then you can really improve all these other experiences. But if, if it's basically a, a never ending tidal wave or avalanche coming at you, like you're screwed anyway. And so we have to, we have yeah. to kind of stop that from happening first. I, I, and I think it's, it's like a double edged sword and it's probably a reason why no one really took a real stab at email over the last while, 
uh, you start to see everybody as an emailer now and it's part of your business marketing. So it's, it's attractive to sell a new email, you know, platform, like many other, you know, uh, Apollo is one outreach is one. Everybody's got one of these kind of different products for different people. The problem I always saw was like superhuman and some of the other ones we've used, they solve more of a symptom. It's like, I can't get to zero inbox, right? It's not about being decisive as to who comes in. You're trying to solve the problem, which requires, this is the double-edged sword part, requires the user to change their behavior a little bit. Yes. Like, does that a challenge for you guys getting that going in? Is that something you were concerned with? Or are you just like, this is how it's got to go? No, I mean, yeah, it is always hard to get people to change their behavior. But um, when people are motivated to change, they do. Yeah. They do change their behavior. And when they get to see what if, what, like, what, is it worth it or not? And they go, oh, I can say no to people I don't want to hear from. That's worth it. And that's not that hard. In fact, I enjoy doing that. That's the kind of behavior that I think is much easier to encourage people to change when, when they actually get something out of it immediately, right? Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that um, for us, we wanted to fundamentally improve the experience and really change email. And the only way to really do that, by the way, is to build something from the ground up that that does not rely on other email platforms. So for example, Superhuman yes. and a lot of these other clients they live on, basically live on top of Gmail or they live on top of Outlook or they live on top of whatever. Um, and Hey is not that. Hey is a, an email provider. So you sign up for Hey.com, you get an at H-E-Y.com email address. And we are the email provider, which means we, we're vertically integrated. We can actually truly solve these fundamental problems. Yeah. You can't solve a lot of these problems if you have to be backward compatible with an old system like Gmail. You just can't do some of these things. We yep. wanted to do those things and we needed to change, people had to change their behavior a little bit, but we had to encourage them to do so and show them the payoff was, was, was pretty big and, and pretty easy. Um, and so that's what we decided to do. And it was, it's a far more ambitious track. There's only a handful of email providers. You've got Gmail, Outlook, Apple, Yahoo. Um, you've got uh, like Comcast, you've got uh, Fastmail, you've got Proton. There's like is Hotmail still running around out there? Uh, Hotmail, I think, is owned by Verizon now or something. Oh, I, right, anyway, yeah. the point is, it's like, there's only a handful and they're all yeah. huge, big companies. There's dozens and dozens and maybe a hundred plus email clients that live on top of those platforms. Yep. But those clients can't really fundamentally change email because they have to do what only, they, they can only do what they're allowed to do yeah. based on the platform that they sit on. So yeah, this was an ambitious move. It requires a change of behavior and it requires some busting of habits. For example, we're very much against inbox zero. We think inbox zero is actually a broken methodology. Yeah. We don't want people to have to feel like they're obligated to clean things up and to get to zero and to feel guilty if you don't have zero. Like these aren't good things actually, but a lot of people are used to those things. And so it yeah. takes some time for people to get over that. But once they get over that, they go, you know, I was doing all this extra work that I don't need to do. I feel much better about myself now. Let time take care of it. Let time clean this up for me. And let me just move on. Um, it's amazing how yeah. fragile we are. <laughs> like, it, it's like, true. Oh man, I got to zero inbox. Today is a good day. Like, right. You, you make a great point though, which kind of solidifies the, it solved the symptom. The symptom is not, the problem is not the, the emails coming into you. The problem is who is emailing you and what and yeah. where it's going and, and how much you care about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what, like if there's four or five things in my inbox or 10, because like, I just want them there. Like, why should I feel bad about that? Why should I feel like I'm not following the system? Like 
we're just trying to, to eliminate these obligations that are unnecessary and then ask you to do other things that are necessary. Like, do you want to hear from this person or where do you want their emails to go? You make these, these decisions once and then Hey takes care of the rest after that. So anyway, it's a very different take, a very different outlook uh, on, on email. And um, um, we feel great about it. So we have tens of thousands of paying customers already. Um, all of them switch from free email systems. So like we're doing something right, obviously, but it's of course also met with a lot of skepticism and, uh, and why would I pay for that kind of thing? You know, yep. that's fine too. And whenever you do something new, you're always going to be met with that. So I want to get a little fanboy uh, comment out of the way here. Uh, I, I think one of the main reasons that I personally was attracted to wanting to check out, Hey, was you guys have dealt with in Basecamp, dealt with what I think is probably 70% of the problem with email. And that is that it's misused, that people are, are, are sending emails they shouldn't send, they should slack it, whatever, they should use Basecamp, they should use whatever they want to use. Because you guys had a front row seat to how people actually use in the normal life environment, I think you, unlike a lot of others who built a UX instead of an actual from the ground up solution, I think you were looking at this from a problem solving standpoint and like, well, gee, where should this go? If we had a notification pop up, how should it be delivered? Like what would be what it would be? And that to me was attractive. I wanted to see what your brain envisioned and your team's brain obviously envisioned when this was going to come up. So the minute I heard about it, I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see this. So that's my fanboy uh, huh. comment of the day. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. It's, it's fun to put new ideas out in the world and you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you never know if they're going to land. I mean, they make sense to us, but so what? Like we built the thing, maybe other people don't get it, you know, or maybe our ideas are very limited. So you never know when you do this stuff. But for me, my take is, is that it's only worth doing something if you're putting something new out in the world that's that's like markedly better than what exists. Otherwise, like there's, there's not just, it's, there's kind of no reason to do it. It's also not that fun. It's not that fun just to build yeah. a copycat service. There's lots of copycat services out there that are like sort of like this or sort of like that, or it's like the this of that. Like that's not that interesting to me personally. So um, yeah, it's been fun and and it's just, just getting started. So next year we've got some really interesting things coming for Hay that like are not what people would ever expect from email. They don't think of email as this kind of tool. So we, we can't wait to get to that. But right now we're finishing the business version. Um, and then uh, next year, we'll get back into some really interesting, quirky, weird stuff. So that's where I want to go. Obviously, I know you cannot share things that you're that are not out yet. But um, I, I do think that, to your point, when you're trying to change people on how they do this and how they do email, and they for those people out there, and they may never convert for those people out there who are like, Oh, why would I pay for this? I think that this is one of those uh, products that until you get on it once or you just get fed up with what's going on, you don't get it. And then you get on it and your whole perspective of how email can operate and what it can be done changes. So I, I really do think that like you may have tons of success. You might have a hundred thousand paying customers by the end of, you know, by the second quarter of next year, whatever it is. But I think that in the next three years, I think this could blow up. I think there's always going to be kind of a, some somewhat of a challenge on the personal market because some people just use it to like sign up for random promos and shit and they don't care. For sure. um, but when you start getting into the work, that's where I'm really intrigued here because I personally think that not just because of newsletters and things like that, but I actually think that the work email workflow is completely broken. We have an app for everything mm -hmm. and I hate all of them. Yeah. And I look at you and I'm like, there's endless possibilities. Like you, I'm sure you're not going to share the, the little things that you're coming up with, but I, I mean, 
calendar integrations, things that like make it to where I can go offline and ping someone on my team as opposed to an email, like all these different kinds of little variations that all begin in the inbox or in your case, the inbox, the inbox. like they all begin yeah. in the inbox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the initial version of, of, of Hey for Work, um, which we're finishing right now is essentially, Hey, as you know it, but multi-user plus a few additional interesting features that are They've never been introduced in email before. So we're, we're kind of doing some fun stuff there. But yeah, long term, you know, hey, hey is what's interesting about hey is that hey is a collection of workflows. And historically, email has been a collection of workarounds, right? Like yeah. if you want to share an email thread with someone, what do you do? You forward it. Well, forwarding email sucks because what you're yes. doing is you're throwing a, a thread at somebody and you're asking them to, to read it backwards from like the bottom up the bottom Please right corner. Please find what up. I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's like, you're actually reading it from the bottom right corner back up towards the left through these indented quoted. It's just like the <laughs> worst, horrible, most horrible experience. That's, that's email at work. That's like what, that's the workflow of, Hey, let me show you something. Or you might CC someone, but then you don't know like if they're going to see the whole thread. So you forward, like forwarding emails around is how people share threads. Like that's just fundamentally broken. It's a terrible way to share emails. And by the way, that's just sharing one thread. What if you're working on something with someone across multiple threads? For example, when we applied for, for life insurance at Basecamp for our employees, that was a 63 email, seven thread um, exchange because like you apply and then they send you to like this other department, which then replies. And it's like, you have seven different threads and 63 emails basically across seven threads. And then like we had one person managing that process and then she was going on maternity leave and she needed to hand that off to somebody else. Like, how do you do that in email? Well, historically you'd like forward seven threads and say, here, you make sense of this, but like you can't. So we've, we've come up with, with, wait, with workflows around like handing multiple threads off to somebody or handing off a thread or allowing someone to look at a thread even if they're not on it and leave internal comments on that thread so you can discuss emails behind the scenes. Like, these are workflows that happen every day that email is just sort of left and said, like, we're not going to solve that problem, but Hey, has solved those problems. So we're solving that with work down the road. We'll get into calendaring. We're not going to have a calendar initially, but we yep. want to solve the calendar problem as well. Cause we think that's actually a problem too. Um, well, I think it's a huge problem that honestly, if I could, if I could give any insight please. as a person who uses this, my biggest issue, and this is a COVID related starting, it started here. It's never going to end after like COVID I hope will end, but like this remote, stuff, digital, everything will still be there. The idea that I have to go make a Zoom appointment and then a calendar, or I have to send you a Calendly and then that Calendly hooks into a Zoom. And then I have to go to Zoom and I have to go to Calendly and click on this button to do this call. It's stupid. I have to yeah. open five things. If there was a way to basically have the email, whether it's sent as an email and it's like your calendar is shown kind of like feed and all of my necessaries are there and it can open inside of that or open, pull the app that I'm, I'm doing, I don't want to leave. I want to be in hay all day long, Jason. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, thank you. <laughs> we'll get there in, in time. I mean, we're, we're building in a bunch of uh, these initial workflows, but there's a whole long list of things that, um, I mean, I'd like to get in the product down the road around, around simple things around like helping people make decisions. Like, for example, um, there's sometimes in an email, you need a yes or a no. Like you actually need a yes or a no from somebody yeah. on the outside. And you ask them something, and, and you want a yes or no response. And they respond by saying like, cool, sounds good. And you're like, well, is that definitive? Like what cool sounds good? Like, is that a yes? Is that a maybe? Like, 
And so you want to help people get the response that you want them to give you. And so there's a bunch of workflows around that we, we'd like to explore. There's a whole bunch of really interesting things that, that we're going to get down to uh, next year on, on Hey, um, that I think are going to change the way people think about email. It's going to become a more definitive platform and not this sort of abstract, you know, roundabout maybe sometimes. Because one of the things people deal with with email all the time is like miscommunication. It's like you, you, you make a decision based on someone's response maybe a contractual response and like you do some work and then they go, I never said that. You're like, yeah, you did. And you're like, well, that's not, I didn't say yes. I just said, cool. Like, well, we just spent the last two months doing something because I thought you agreed to it. It's like, this happens all the time in email. So we want to yeah. remove the ambiguity from email and get to some concrete yes or no's and some other things like that. So yeah, lots of good opportunity for us for us to innovate here. And um, we're looking forward to doing that next year. I cannot wait. Um, I want to spend the last couple of minutes here with you kind of on, on more of the personal leadership side, because you guys, obviously you had your fracas with Apple when you launched the app. Um, you've had your fracas with other tech throughout your career. Uh, and you've been very vocal about a lot of different things. And I, I look up to guys like you, I think, who have an understanding in their mind, they're very open-minded to people's opinions, particularly when they're based in fact, but like are not afraid to say, I am a 100% positive on my position here. I can tell you why. And it's sort of the, the Ray Dalio uh, principles thing. He always talks about like, don't ask me what you know, ask me why you know it's true. And you strike me as that kind of a person. I'm curious, you know, from a business standpoint, but also as a leader, like how, where do you draw the line? Do you, do you ever wonder, like, I wonder what this person, how they're going to react to what I have to say, or is it like the right thing for me, the team for this decision is this. So I say this. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of deliberation and disagreement internally and also like personal disagreement. I disagree with myself all the time, you know, like I, I change my <laughs> mind. Of a smart time. person. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I change my mind all the time. Like, but at some point you make a decision and you make the call and you move forward based on that decision. And you recognize that we can always change direction if we have to, but I don't wanna to continue to second guess right now. Like we have this internal thing, and this is not our idea, this is someone else's idea called basically disagree and commit. That there's a point when um, you're going back and forth with two or three people, you're trying to make a decision, you finally make the decision and someone who disagrees with you might go, you know what, I disagree, but like I'm committed, let's do it this way. Yep. Um, and we're all behind it. Let's make it happen. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. But like, you can't go through, I don't think you can go through business and life constantly like second guessing yourself after you've made the decision. You can second guess and third guess and fourth guess before you make it. But once you make it, you got to be in on it and you go. And then if it's wrong, it's wrong and you redo it later. Like that's just how we do it. So I think by the time we're public about a decision, We've been through all the debate and discussion behind the scenes, but now we're committed to it and we believe yep. in it right now. I think that's important. Otherwise, you're, if you're not sure and you're publicly not sure, your customers aren't going to be sure. And there's just a lot of like indecision that, that, that melts out there and, and spreads. And I want people to feel confident in us and the decisions we make and our positions. And if we have to change our mind and apologize because we made a mistake or whatever, like then we'll do that when the time comes. But I think it's important to be definitive when you finally make that decision. I love the answer. I, it's yeah. a, I try to answer, you know, ask questions for the audience for a lot of these different CEOs that come on the show. And I, there's a common thread for some of them who are, I think like you, who tend to be more transparent and then there's others that kind of like have their character that they play. And I, I guess for me, 
do you feel like you've, like, I'm sure you've had run-ins where being very upfront can be uh, a challenge to work around. Have you ever found that like where that moment is where you like you give in and then immediately regret it? You know exactly what you just did. And you're like, I'm never doing that again. Um, yeah, the thing, the thing we often regret are future promises, actually. That's the one thing that I tend to regret most is a future promise. For example, um, with product development, the easiest thing to do when, when a lot of people ask for something is to be like, let's say it's June. This is like a good example. Hey, we launched in June and there's certain features everyone asks for. We're like, yeah, we'll do that by the end of the year. Because the end of the year is like an easy thing. It's far away. Yeah. It's like, it's an easy way to say yes and get, get people now off the it's back. Here. Now it's here, right? End of the year is here. And we're like, we made some promises that we need to fulfill. That's what I regret most is, is making promises like that. It's easy to say yes in the moment. Um, but when you get down to it, you may not have wanted to say yes. That's the kind of stuff I tend to regret. But yeah, I mean, there's always run-ins and you always make decisions and sometimes they're not right. I, I'm not trying to be perfect here. I'm not. I'm far from it. We make all sorts of mistakes or decisions. We, we, we decided down the road weren't the right ones. But like, I don't look back at those as, actually, I don't really look back at them as mistakes necessarily. I look back at them as like decisions that we made in time with the information that we had and the context that we had. And we thought that was the best one to make at that moment. If now, two years later, we have a different perspective, a different opinion, different information or different reality, we change our minds. I think we still would have made the decision the way we made it two years prior, because that's what we had at the time. Like it's not, it wasn't a mistake. It was just like, that was what we made. But there are of course also mistakes that you make in business and in life. And like you, hopefully you learn from some of those things and you don't do them again. But we're, again, we're not trying to be perfect. We're not trying to bat a thousand here. Like you just try and make more good decisions than bad decisions over time. And, and hopefully they all line up. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, all we can pretty much hope for. I, I appreciate the insight on this. I think it's valuable uh, for a lot of people listening to it because I think they struggle with decision-making and they struggle to make good decisions. And then they struggle to face the reality of what those decisions led to. I think people struggle because they think they have to get everything right all the time. And yeah. they also think that there is a right answer. Sometimes, I mean, most times there's not right answers. Like there's the best answer given the context, given the moment. I think something that we're very good at here at Basecamp is not seeking out certainty. So I think a lot of people who make decisions are looking to be certain. And so they, they, they ask too many people and they research too much and they try to get too much data because they're trying to be certain that the decision they're making is right. I'm not interested in certainty. I'm interested in like probability like, and trade-offs and like thinking about like, are we pretty sure that this is a pretty good call? Like that's enough for me. Not are we certain we are right? I'm never certain I'm right. I don't want to be, I don't want to try to get to that level of certainty. It's too much work for that last 10%. You know what I mean? And yeah, no, it's so true. No, anyway. So do we feel comfortable with this decision? Are we close enough? Can we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, yeah, we're making the right the right enough call. I say right. I don't mean like right as in certain, but like sure. Given yeah. the information we have, are we, do we feel like we're making? Is the this right the call? best decision we can make? That's all I'm looking for. So if that's eighty percent like confident, I'm fine with that. If that's eighty percent certain, I'm fine with that. So you know, I think that's the thing people struggle with, and then they they when they try to be certain to they have so much built up behind them. They've done all this research and asked so many people and all these things, like so many opinions at play here that then they can't be wrong 
because they put so much into it. And then it like the stakes are so high that it becomes really difficult and really, really stressful to make those calls. So we try not to get to that place. Um, we just want to be certain enough. And that's eh, a feeling. It's more a feeling than a fact. And that's what we do. That's where we go for it. And we don't like feel terrible if we get it wrong. I, I tell you, I've lived an entire life under the motto that I'll, I'm happy to be a 276 hitter as long as they hit a shitload of home runs. There you go. It's, just get that's a couple enough, of bombs. Right? That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. That could make the Hall of Fame. It depends. It depends on think the era. Think about that, right? Like, think about that. Like, the best, best baseball players are, you know, there or a little bit over 300. Like, yeah. that means they miss, you know, 65, 75% of their, of their yeah. It's like, yeah. like, that's fine. And most like, of them cheated to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> they take steroids exactly. to get to it's that. True. So, like, look, you know, we're just get a few get the get the things that matter more right than the things that don't figure out what really matters and don't stress over the things that don't and and that's good enough i really think that's good enough and by the way one other thing i'll I'll add here is that i think people tend to ask too many people's opinions about what they think oh my god right don't get me started on this yeah and if the best way to be uncertain is to ask for one more opinion People think more opinions lead to certainty. No, they lead to uncertainty. They lead to second guessing. If you ask yes. one more opinion, you get one more point of view that you didn't think about before. And now you're like, oh my God, I hadn't thought about that. And then you just lead, you don't make calls. So my wife is not going to listen to this podcast. So I can say this. <laughs> okay. Do not take advice from people you would not trade places with, please. <laughs> like if you're, if you're sitting there and you're like this person, she's, she's so stupid. She can't make good decisions. Did you just ask her what you should do? What, what, what are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, it's, totally it's true. Yeah, it, it's like, it, it's, you know, it's, everyone's got an opinion. And it's fine that everyone has one, but you don't want to take them all because they don't have all the context. They don't have the, all the information. They, they don't have everything. And, and I think that what you want to do is you want to talk to people who are really deeply involved in something and only a few of those people. You don't want to have too many opinions to sift through. And then you just want to make a call. That, that's what you want to do. Um, and I, I just think that people are, again, looking for more points of view to be certain that they've considered everything. You, you can't consider everything. Consider a few things that you think really matter and make a call. And that's it and move on. I, I think it's, it's so important just to get really good at doing that and feeling comfortable with just a few points of view in your head and then making a decision. Is it fair if I just say that if we took the last five minutes of this conversation and said you, I want to describe hay as an email without ever describing hay as an email, that this would sum it up? Like, make decisions, know who you want in, know who you want out, know what it should look like. It's not perfect, but it's going to get better. That's yeah. hay as an email. Yeah, I think so. That'd be, that'd be fair. That'd be fair. We got lucky on that one. Jason, oh, it's been a, a tremendous pleasure. Uh, I always love catching up with you. I, I love hay.com. Uh, obviously a fan of base camp as well. Uh, so keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. And if anyone wants to try it out, you can, there's a free trial. So H E Y.com, check it out free 14 day trial. And, uh, I hope you dig it. I, I think, uh, if, if you, if you're frustrated by email, if email bugs you, if you're like, this is not as good as it should be, or I hate sitting in my inbox all the, all the time, or I'm overloaded or overwhelmed then like check out, Hey, I think it's, uh, it'll be a good thing for you. It's a healthy move. If you're a newsletter person who likes newsletters and hates getting pinged by people, hey, is the greatest email I've ever tried. Not <laughs> saying that because you're on, no, I'm not saying that because you're on the on the thing. I legitimately, it is the only I moved every single newsletter that I belong to over. Everyone. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Thank you.
It's it's the best. For everyone listening to the show, obviously check out hey.com, Basecamp, follow Jason on everywhere. I think it's just at Jason Freed, right? Yes, at Jason Freed, F-R-I-E. On Twitter? Yep. And of course, go to technory.com and subscribe to our newsletter, then go download the hey.com app and then get your newsletter on hey.com. Boom, that's a wrap.